Today's show is sponsored by Frostburg Fiber Depot. Frostburg Fiber Depot is located at 9 West Main Street in Frostburg, Maryland. The shop features lovely American-made yarn and yarns from select international makers. If you are new to knitting or just want to expand your talents, they offer a wide variety of classes from beginner to expert. Make sure to stop in, sign up, and check out their website at frostburgfiberdepot.com. Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of Record Talk Listen. My name is Lydia, and thank you so much for joining me. On today's show, episode number 77, we feature Dr. John O'Rourke from Frostburg State University. Now, for those of you who are avid listeners to the podcast, you should recognize that name. He was here for episode number 71, where he discussed how and why our elections are the way they are in the United States. So if you haven't had the um, the pleasure of listening to that episode, I highly recommend that you go and do that. That's episode number 71. So Johnny O comes back to discuss um, the Brexit, which I find extremely interesting. Um, and we do live in interesting times. So on June 23rd, for those of you who are not unfamiliar, uh, the UK decided to exit the EU. Uh, now, that was a very close vote. And the media has dubbed it the Brexit, and that's how it's pretty much referred to in any article you're going to read about it. So I had a lot of questions, and I figured if I did, maybe a lot of other people did as well. And um, Johnny O comes back, and he describes the British political system and kind of correlation to our the United States political system so that you can kind of get a general idea of kind of what happened and how it got to the point of getting a referendum to vote to try to leave. Now, what this means for the future of the UK, it's still yet to be determined, but how the United Kingdom looks now could potentially change. So um, this is all very exciting, and um, it's a very lively conversation. So um, I hope you enjoy it. So in order to find all of the episodes, including the previous episode with with Dr. John O'Rourke, go to our website, and that's recordtalklisten.com. And there you can find all of our episodes that you can listen to for free. You can also download them and subscribe through iTunes, Podcast Republic, Stitcher, and Google Play. While you're there, explore the website. We have places where you can sponsor the podcast if you're so inclined. And if you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do that as well. Now here at Record Tech Listen, we have a sister podcast and it is called Relish Pod and it features Mark Witt and Tim Gallagher and they talk, it's a cooking show. They have three episodes available and they have a fantastic website, relishpod.com. They're on Instagram at relishpod and Twitter at relishpod and they have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash relishpod. So if you have not heard of it, please check it out. It's very interesting and if you have any cooking questions, uh, make sure to email them, and that is relishpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. So I think that's about it for housekeeping for the show. So without further ado, here is Dr. Johnny O'Rourke talking about the Brexit. Johnny O, you're back. I'm back. I am so excited. Uh, so am I. Thanks for inviting me again. No problem. I, you will get several invitations in the future, I am quite <laughs> sure. Um, I look forward to them. Good. So I sent you a message and said, let's talk about this wonderful thing called the Brexit. Let's talk about Brexit. Okay. Really one of the most interesting political phenomena in my life. 
And that's saying and that's, something. That's yeah. a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think any political scientists were expecting this. Okay. I don't think any politicians were actually expecting it either. I don't think most of the people were expecting it. Right. Exactly. Um, it came from out of nowhere. Um, first of all, Brexit is simply an abbreviation for Britain exiting the European Union. Right. Well, the European Union is, of course, uh, kind of a loose confederation of states. Okay. Um, it started uh, with a treaty from, in 1966 where a handful of European states decided that they would have more success in the increasingly globalizing world if they work together. Sounds pretty reasonable. But it's very difficult um, to break this thing called sovereignty, the idea that each country is an independent nation and nobody is your superior uh, under international law. Okay. That's the way they've been operating since, uh, you know, roughly the 1600s. Mm-hmm. It's the international model. It was developed in Europe. So 1966... 30 years later, the 1990s, we start seeing a confederation sort of develop. Okay. Probably the most notable confederal element, collaborative element, is the interconnected economic system of the member states. Okay. Uh, For example, most people are probably familiar with the idea that the European countries use a common currency. The euro. The euro. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a concrete result of this development of this collaborative agreement that Mm -hmm. started in the 1960s. Okay. Um, They also have a very fluid, uh, interactive set of economic systems. For example, they have common economic rules for certain types of products that apply to all the countries. Mm -hmm. Things that would normally be established by your individual legislature Okay. Uh, trade policy with foreigners, things like that. Okay. So the economic side is really uh, a bit more advanced than the political or the cultural side. Gotcha. Uh, but that's, in a nutshell, the EU. Britain, or the United Kingdom, there are For lots now. and lots of names here that, <laughs> right. nicknames. The UK, the Brexit, the exactly. EU. Yeah. The UK is the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, mm. which includes what we used to call England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. Uh, They are considered one country, one political entity. Mm -hmm. But since the 1990s, they have been mm, experienced sort of a devolution of power. Kind of like they were highly centralized from... uh, the development of the UK, England was like uh, the 1200s forward. Right. Uh, in the latter part of the 20th century, there are these nationalist movements, Scotland, for example, Wales, to uh, be granted more independence within the United Kingdom. Gotcha. So uh, when Tony Blair and the Labour government was in power in the 90s, Scotland, for example, got a certain degree of what's called home rule. Home rule basically means that the local parliament has the right to make laws in certain areas. Uh, Under the UK governance structure, those areas are designated by the parliament in London, the overall parliament. Um, And Wales has a similar setup. Okay. Uh, Wales has been part of 
the UK for longer. I was going to say, it seems so, like yeah. they sort of fell in line a little and bit. Kind earlier. of, yeah. Scotland's going to play a bigger issue in the discussion of Brexit than Wales will. Yes. So, um, so how did we get to Brexit? Yeah. Well, um, David Cameron, the current leader of the Conservative Party in the UK, has been having difficulties with his fellow Conservatives, party members. Okay. Uh, in an effort to win party solidarity, he made a promise during the last election cycle that he would hold a public referendum, uh, a vote where the people could voice their opinion about whether they wanted to stay in the European Union, mm -hmm. the EU, or leave and return to just the UK. So, I mean, I don't understand the negativity towards the EU um, from the UK. Well, it's, uh, it is very difficult to understand. It's like any sort of policies, it's a mixed bag. You okay. get benefits, but there are costs involved as well. Right. I mean, you can't have everything for free. Exactly. So politicians in the, the UK capitalize on the costs without focusing on the benefits Gotcha. And they played that up as the uh, let's leave or let's exit right. strategy. And they made promises that were bold-faced lies, in my opinion. Well, they were, absolutely. Adver out, adverts out. on buses that were exactly just... Saying that they would... Um, well, okay. Uh, the UK has a much better universal health care system than the United States does. Yes. Uh, it's single provider, mm -hmm. paid for by the government. It's called the National Health System. Well, it is struggling because the economy is not doing well globally. Right. Overall. People will disagree with me on that, but they can do that. The end result is that governments, particularly conservative governments, that would be the Republicans, for example, in the United States, right. and the party is actually called the Conservative Party in the UK, Okay. tend to cut um, social services. Public service. Public services. Gotcha. So in the U.S., that would be funding for education. Mm -hmm. In the U.K., that would be funding for education and National Health medical service. yeah. services. Mm -hmm. So one of the Brexit campaigns was we're going to get £354 billion pounds sterling back. And we're going to, because this is part of our dues to the to the European Union, right? And we're going to give that to the, the national health yeah. system. Well, if they get any money back, as in don't pay dues, it's up to an act of parliament to determine where that money goes. Correct. So that was just speculation at best, or mm -hmm. misleading statements at worst. Right, and you have a general public that is just as thoroughly confused as everybody else is, right. and then they see this huge bus, double-decker bus go by exactly. that's like, you know, yes. we, if you leave, you don't have to worry about your health care going right. away. So, I mean, if you're an uneducated public person, you're going to probably vote to leave. And part of the problem is that the United Kingdom, like the United States, uh, we don't focus on keeping the public informed. We right. focus more on spe spreading mm, political uh, propaganda, right. mm -hmm. things that are self-serving for our party or our campaign or our individual election chances. Right. So unless people actively seek out information, which they can, I mean, the Internet is available to everyone, mm -hmm. uh, they are somewhat easily misled, frightened. Yeah. Well, right. This is a classic example of the politics of fear. Mm-hmm. 
we see it in the United States with uh, Mr. Trump's campaign against Muslim immigrants. Yes. Uh, so you have the same sort of thing. In fact, immigration was one of the so other big say, issues was in one Brexit. Of the, yeah, they found that economics, they were trying to use economics as to getting out, and it wasn't going over so well, right. so they switched their view and campaign strategy right. towards immigration. Right, and all these Turkish immigrants are going to come over and take over your country. And your jobs. Right. Sounds very familiar. Yes, exactly. Uh, Turkey in in a number of European countries uh, plays the, 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 the boogeyman role that yeah. uh, Latin American or Mexican immigrants do in the United States. So they're kind of like the scapegoat of right. that exactly. particular. So um, how did we get to Brexit to start with? Well, David Cameron promised his fellow conservative he's called for this non-binding, non-binding is a key term here, okay. referendum. I mean, it doesn't matter what the vote was. Only an act of parliament can remove the European, the uh, UK from the European Union. Okay. But sort of just like taking a poll then of public opinion. Exactly. Uh, but the Conservative Party gambled and the current leadership lost. I would say so. I mean, they're all abandoning ship. Like, right. you wouldn't believe. You'd think it was the Titanic. Exactly. David Cameron, it, not surprisingly, when um, political tradition in the UK suggests that when the current prime minister loses a significant vote. Uh, he or she resigns. It's not mandated by law, but it is a tradition. And okay. the UK follows a lot more strictly to its traditions than the United States. We do mm-hmm. things a lot more by, uh, you know, the rule of law, step one, step two. Right. Procedural justice type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but since this wasn't actually an act of parliament that he lost, He's got some wiggle room. Okay. Had it been an act of parliament, tradition would recommend that not only does he resign, his whole government resigns and they call for a new election. Huh. But since it was uh, a How referendum, very civil. <laughs> he says, I take full responsibility. Mm. We don't have to call for a new election. My party is still in charge. And I'll resign. Right. In October. In October, he says, in October. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And then. There are recriminations that the the Labour Party didn't stand up and help the campaign against Brexit. So, I mean, yeah, because there's this two party system. So it's, it's a two party dominant system. Okay. There are multiple parties, like in the United States, but mm-hmm. two parties consistently win uh, majority, the majority or the largest plurality. Okay. So they get to appoint the prime minister. Nice. So the Labour. Party is now being accused of uneducating the public. Is that right. the, their whole? Well, not throwing their political weight behind it. Basically, it seems to me that the conservatives are suggesting that the Labour Party should have thrown their political clout behind David Cameron. I love it. So they're blaming. They wanted this result, but now they're blaming it because now they're in the muck that right. they that the Labour Party should have stepped well, up. And fought hard more against it than they did. Right. That's so that's so strange. But it's, it's like I won, but I really wanted to lose. The David Cameron camp never really wanted Brexit. Right. So they never really supported they it. They wanted to remain. Yeah. But they made this promise and I guess because they just assumed why who's not going to I mean the majority has got to realize that they get more benefits out of co- than costs out right. of membership. Mm-hmm. There's more benefits and there are drawbacks. But they forgot something very, very important. And this is the core of why I think they lost. Okay. They forgot the perspective of the common electorate. 
Now, there are demographics involved here. For example, younger people voted more to stay. Older people voted more to leave. Right. Uh, I think the vote was 52-48. So it was not an overwhelming majority. But still, I think about 44 million people voted. So that's a significant number. Yes. Um, Here's what I think happened. And it started happening in the 1990s. The 1980s saw in both the United States and the United Kingdom a conservative revolution, as everyone likes to call it. Mm -hmm. Margaret Thatcher came in in 78, Ronald Reagan in the 80s, and they both ruled through the 1980s. Um, They were were since then replaced by the other party, the Democrats in the U.S. and the Labor Party. Well, Tony Blair was the prime minister of the Labor Party, and he restructured the Labor Party as the new Labor Party. I remember this vaguely. Right. Yeah. The Labor Party, like the Democrats in the United States, were closely aligned to the workers' movement. Unions and... Unions, Mm -hmm. middle class, working class, blue collar. Right. Through the 90s, the 2000s, both of them shifted... So, for example, you see the complaints leveled against Hillary Clinton, for example. Right. She's a uh, party machine. Mm-hmm. She's beholden to the money. Yep. Uh, TPP, which she supported as Secretary of State, is a bad thing. It's not for the working people. Correct. Uh, NAFTA, the free trade agreement mm-hmm. that for Mr. Clinton. Her husband. <laughs> were both uh, pro-business. Right. American business, U.S. business perhaps, but not pro-U.S. worker. Correct. I use these U.S. examples because most people are probably more familiar with them than they would be with comparable legislation that the new Labor Party enacted right. in the U.K. So it's similar. So Tony Blair followed the same sort of strategy, which some political scientists are calling the neocon liberal perspective. Gotcha. Sort of an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conservative, neo, new conservative, new conservative liberal yeah. Yeah, a progressive Republican. Exactly. Everybody is going pro-business. Mm-hmm. Like the trickle-down theory won. Right. And exactly. there's article after article coming out now, 30 years later, mm-hmm. stating the obvious that the trickle-down theory never worked. All it right. never trickled down. Mm-hmm. Banks got bigger. Insurance companies, which basically are investment firms, right. got bigger. Hedge funds were created. Mm-hmm. Who knew what a hedge fund was in the 1980s? Before that Wall Street movie came right. out. Right, Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar phenomena in the UK. So here's what happened. The middle class, which was traditionally comprised of working people, striving to be white collar. Right. But not really quite making it. Mm-hmm. Got pinched out, squeezed out of the political process. So who do they turn to? Well... The lefties, yeah, the Democrats in the U.S., mm-hmm. the Labor Party. But these people are enacting policies that are supporting Wall Street, uh, the London finance, right. international globalization of banking in the U.K. Mm-hmm. Where does that leave your average you know, unemployed person from Manchester? Right. Nowhere. Nowhere. Who's my political representative? I don't seem to have one. Mm. So... That makes you ripe pickings for what traditionally critics have called demagogues. Yes. This person comes along, picks an easy target, 
for you to blame and you jump at it. Mm-hmm. We all like easy solutions to our problems. Why don't I have oh, a job? Yeah. Mexicans, Turks, right? Uh, globalization, China's taking advantage of us, bad deals, mm-hmm. the EU, we're paying more than we're getting out of it. Yeah. So then you get this slim majority of those who participated, and it was mm-hmm. not a majority who participated. Right. So you get a slim majority of the participants who vote no. This is bad. We got to go. Yeah. Let's go back to the glory days. Make America great. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is resonating with the uh, pensioners, the uh, what we call Social Security folk right, in retired, the UK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Resonates with them. The golden age mentality. Back when the UK was strong, we ruled the world. Oh, yeah. Colonizing The UK everybody. screwed all that up when... They compromised. Mm-hmm. Throw in there just a pinch of sort of cultural superiority. Um, the, what do we call it in the United States? The um, exceptionalism. Ah, uh, yes. Well, U.S. exceptionalism, we didn't invent that. Mm-hmm. Everybody had it before us. Right. I mean, the Chinese. Oh, my God, yeah. The great Chinese empire, the Japanese. Uh-huh. The U.K., the British empire. Yeah. The U.S. in our heyday, all of which probably legitimately claimed to be exceptional right but it feeds right now into the glory days mentality so you add all of these ingredients and you get this you get these people freaking out we're getting screwed oh my god this guy's got the answer this party this is the easy solution right and my synopsis of my own sort of long-winded analysis is uh, legitimately, they have complaints that were abandoned by their own parties. They're not being effectively represented by anyone in their political system. So it has nothing to do with the European Union. It has everything to do with their local representation. I agree. I, that is what I believe, yes. Because yeah. um, there's no way for them to express the, the difficulties that they're having and a clear pathway to correct. maybe change it in their own country. And nobody has been responding to the issues. And I read an interesting article today about how uh, both the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, left of center, meaning the Democrats here and the Labor Party there, mm-hmm. want to focus on increasing access to higher education. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the problem. If you're 55 years old, that's not a solution for you. No, it's not. If you're 12 years old, that's an awesome that's an solution. Option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... How many college-educated people, how many college-degree jobs are there in the U.K., in the United States? Not a lot. As opposed to how many manual labor jobs, skilled jobs, mechanics, yeah, uh, repair people, uh, all sorts of things yeah. that were the bread and butter of the U.K. middle-class population. They went, they went to their schools. Only a handful got selected for higher education. The rest went to publicly funded trade schools. Mm-hmm. And they weren't guaranteed jobs, but the government worked hard to ensure that they got jobs. Well, they had skills. Right. Something we don't have here. Right. Well, mm-hmm. we underplay the trade school here mm-hmm. tremendously. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So in the end, uh, this is, you know, both sides of the Atlantic are experiencing massive frustration over a situation of political abandonment. Right. Because you can't see yourself in any of these parties. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the solution is simple. Destroy something. Right. It's like a temper tantrum. In many respects, it is. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't like this. And the most amazing part about Brexit is people voted for it without any... 
oh my clear scenario about what was going to replace it. Yes, there, there's sort of like this weird purgatory right. happening. It's very much like uh, the Republican op- opposition to the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. That they spent years and years and years trying we to We want to get rid of it. What are you going to put in its place? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Something. Right. Something. So you see the same sort of phenomenon with frustrated people, disenfranchised people, legally able to vote, but mm-hmm. effectively disenfranchised from their political system in the U.K., Let's change something. Okay, let's get out of the the European Union. Right. Okay. What are you going to do next? Watch the pound Um, plummet. Right. right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing. It's banking is huge in in the UK, especially London. Exactly. And Northern Ireland. Right. So, I mean, you can't. There's all these really great things. Part of being of the EU is you can sort of set up shop all over. But here's this is how this connects to my previous analysis. If you are that unemployed guy in Manchester, it doesn't matter. Your association to the bank is they're the ones who get your check Mm -hmm. for you, right? And you go get money from them to go to the pub or to go shopping, right? You're not part of the EU's um, global banking finance, right? And this is the case in the United States as well. And this is the 1% phenomenon here. Mm -hmm. It's not just here. The UK experiences it well. Uh, The rich have gotten richer at a rate that is unprecedented, according to an article I read just the other day. Okay. And this, without more wealth being created, this leaves a gap. So you have more unemployment. And in the United States, for example, the uh, middle-aged white male has largely increasing over the last 30 years uh, unemployment rates, Mm -hmm. more so than other groups. Now, it's not to say they are the most unemployed. Right. Um, Persons of color are more percentage-wise unemployed as as groups. Mm -hmm. But the increase in older white men, and if we look at the people who are supporting Trump, for example. Usually fall within that demographic. Okay. And we we shift that phenomenon across the sea, and we see the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was once the backbone, remember, both of our societies have practiced sexist politics for years. Mm-hmm. So the backbone would have been white working class men mm-hmm. for the leftist parties. Right. Okay. I think it was Noam Chomsky recently said that um, uh, neither the UK or the US, or maybe he was just referring to the US, has a left of center party anymore no and that's where the war- workers feel disenchanted right disenfranchised so you can't find a place where you feel like you belong and you right. feel like you're going to move forward so mm-hmm. people just get stuck right and they make and you want to vent right and so, so they they vented in this pre- exact crazy way right um yes. so you said before 75 percent. i read 75 percent of young people wanted to stay Right. And they are very upset at the older population for right. wanting to leave because it's not going to really affect the older population. It's going to really fundamentally affect the younger well, generation. It will also affect the older population because they will see their retirement funds, their pensions right. uh, affected. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the Which they probably most, weren't told. The most common argument about the young versus old is rather that it's going to affect them for 30 years rather than 70 years. Right. Uh, in fact, there was one politician in the UK recommended that the, anyone over 60 not be allowed to vote in the referendum. You know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't think that that's a bad idea. 
personally. Well, okay, let me put it this way. Do you want 21-year-olds deciding the fate of your, your, your political not. culture? No, I mean, it's good to have a little levity. I, I can see that. The error of my ways, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a split uh, demographically. Mm -hmm. Older groups were plurality more in favor. Younger groups less in favor. Mm -hmm. um, geographically, there was a split as well. Oh my God. Scotland, for example, is in the news because... Uh, 62% to 48 yeah, or 64 to 46, something like that. 60, 40 split. 60, 40 mm -hmm. wanted to stay. Yeah. And Mr. Trump got bashed on that when he landed to celebrate the opening of his golf course. Oh my course. goodness. He, yeah. And he's like, oh, you yeah. guys decided to la leave. And you exactly. should, if you haven't, right. you should check out Twitter. It's been pretty humorous. Exactly. Um, so what does that do to the UK? Wales voted in um, most of... The England part voted in. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Voted to leave. Uh, leave. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Uh, London voted to remain. Mm -hmm. That's the financial center. Of course. So uh, there was a great series of uh, graphics. Uh, and I can't remember. I wish I, I should write this stuff down so I could give the audience these references about what would happen to the UK geographically as a result of Brexit. Well, uh, Northern Ireland wanted to stay. Mm -hmm. They're actually part of the UK, not part of the Republic of Ireland. Right. Ireland, of course, wants to stay, but they're a different country. Right. So maybe Northern Ireland will go back and become part of the Republic of Ireland. So it'll just be Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Uh, Scotland, the uh, first minister, which is the Scottish Parliament's ver version of Prime Minister. Right, right. Uh, she wants a new referendum. They had one last year, two mm -hmm. years ago, where the Scots voted to stay in the UK. Yep. She wants a new one. I don't blame her. Because they want to stay in the UK and London. So basically you would have, uh, I forget with the cute names, it was Scotland, of course, Ireland, um, Londonian or something right, as right. a new country, and then... And then the they rest made of it. up a cute name for England and and Wales. Right. Realistically, that's not going to happen. But it's a except for Ireland and Scotland. I was going to say it's a possibility that the UK just might be United Kingdom of Wales and England. Right. Because um, that's a huge possibility. That is the distinct possibility. And Scotland has a um, a card to play in this EU thing with the invoking of Article Fifty. Right. Um, they can say that. They don't want to do it. Exactly. And then that puts everything into a tailspin. Well, they would have to go through the British Parliament. Okay. They would have to achieve independence because they are currently a part of the EU as a member of the UK. So they would have to gain independence and right. then, then... Basically, they'd petition to go in to the European Union. As just Scotland. As Scotland. Gotcha. Which would probably be sort of pro forma since yeah. they've already been in as yeah. part of the UK. Right. But you'd have to negotiate like how much they're going to pay in dues, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, what's the payback going to be? I mean, they, right. they already have the laws about open immigration, uh, free exchange of finances. Right. Those sort of fundamental things. But it's just politics. Everything comes down to money. How much we pay in you and how much you pay in me. Right. I mean, it's um, so best case scenario. This all just was like, oops, we made a mistake. Well, best case scenario from for the perspective of those who want to remain in the European Union. Yeah. Parliament does nothing. 
Okay. And this is a big, huge hype that had a tremendous economic impact on the UK and international markets, right. which irritates the hell out of me because <laughs> they take a vote. The newspapers announce it the next day. Absolutely nothing happens. There's no legally binding conclusion. Yeah. Nothing from a political legal perspective took place. But the market plummets. And the markets drop like a lead balloon. Yeah. So. And you know, markets don't like instability or thoughts of instability, I guess. Right. So they create it. <laughs> right. By doing this crazy right. thing. So anyway, um, I'm not really sure. You know, I'm not really sure where we're going to go from here. Yeah. Uh, best case scenario from those who want to remain would be, uh, I don't see an act of parliament that says we're leaving. Right. No Article 50 here. Bye. Right. Or, and you can dress it up any way you want. Mm -hmm. uh, less than half the, uh, you know, less than half of the population voted yes because most people stayed home. Right. Right. I guess it's, if anything, it's a learning it's a learning experience for us Americans. Yes. Yeah. Don't, from a cynical perspective, Absolutely. what we learn is don't trust the people. Right. Right. Exactly. So you have to be, if you want change, you have to kind of do it at a local level and then a national level. Uh -huh. And if you don't like something, then you change it with your vote. Right. And your vote does count. I mean, it there was therapy interviewing people and they thought, oh, you know, I voted, but I didn't think it was going to matter. Right. I, I don't understand. I never understood the phenomenon. I voted to exit. Because I didn't think it would happen. Right. Well, so then you should have stayed. Vote uh, to stay. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the logic behind that. I don't think they understood. A like, lot of people, the day after the Brexit, Google released this number that said the majority of Google searches the following day was, what is Brexit? Right. And what is the EU? <laughs> what is the EU? Exactly. Yeah. And you're yes. just going, oh, so people who uh, voted were not informed. Right. Or people who didn't vote at all were going, oh, what happened yesterday? Well, they, yeah, they read the papers in the morning like, huh, <laughs> what is this? what's this mean? Right. Yeah. So but for right is. now, it's just nothing. Nothing. It, they right. took a vote. Now you have a public poll of who wants to say who wants to go. Um, but unless there's an act of parliament, there's really right. no change. The, the best lesson I would say the U.S. should learn from this is education is important. Mm -hmm. um, and not from the economic perspective that everyone focuses on. Right. It's from the political perspective. Right. Democracy, according to the principles, is supposed to be based on a well-informed electorate. We don't think we can claim to have that. And evidence seems to suggest that the uh, United Kingdom can't make that claim either. Right, right. So power to the people, but the people have an obligation. To be informed. Yeah. With yeah. power comes responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Now, can the EU kick the UK out? Wow, that's a great question. Yes, the members of the European Union can vote to expel a member. Okay. But, you know, I never even thought about that. I didn't do any research or that's prep okay. on that as to why or, you know, yeah. what would be the conditions behind that. Right. Yeah, basically, the European Union is a series of treaties. Mm -hmm. Treaties are mutual agreements. Right. You can break a treaty. If one or more parties is not happy. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I would imagine that the collective would have to vote under some conditions that would be specified in the charter. Right. And I don't even know. Would it be a majority or a plurality or a super majority? I don't know. Or um, 
Universal agreement? That's a great question to look into. Yeah, because I think it's sort of like, well, we've expressed we want to leave. Uh, it's sort of like, I want a divorce, but we have to go through a separation right. first. Exactly. And it's very awkward. Yes. But the other person could just be like, well, I'm going to no. file for an annulment I and I'll yeah. see you later. <laughs> you know, it could, yeah, it could go. a good one. Yeah. You know, it could go either way there. So. Exactly. My yes. goodness. Well, yeah. well, I just, I'm, I'm, it's pretty interesting to see. It is. Um, how this is all going to shake out in the end I know. Um, and they don't even know who the next person in line no, is going to be for prime minister I mean, this is a, so many ramifications uh, uh david cameron insisted he is going to resign mm-hmm. and everybody's happy with that then like, yes go sure but everybody who's lining up behind him in his conservative party they're getting shot down like uh, ducks in an amusement arcade i know it's insane um, they're like, oh, nope, we're done. We're done. I'm not yes. doing this. I'm, re- I'm resigning. And then the one person, it's female, um, yeah. but she she was for staying in the EU. Her whole stance was staying in the EU. Right. And she's supposed to be representing the party that wanted to, to leave. Exactly. So how is she supposed yes. to lead them out of the EU if she doesn't fundamentally exactly. agree with it? And she has very limited political experience. She's That's, new yeah. to her leadership positions, her, her portfolio. Right. So from the old boy standard, which the UK has as much as the US, yeah, that's a strike against her. Well, right. I mean, do you think that it's possible to use her as a scapegoat? Setting that's her a up for failure? That's a distinct possibility, yeah. yes. But then for whom else, though? Right. I mean, the, the, the two people ahead of her are still in contention. Right. They've been criticized roundly by members of their own party. It seems to me if their own party can't make a consensus, then the whole party needs to resign and then new elections need to occur. Well, that was the sort of the finagle that I think David Cameron was trying to pull. Right. And it's going to backfire as well, it seems to me, much like the referendum did. Mm -hmm. On the other side, uh, the Labor Party, they're fighting too. Okay. Um, So they're not peaceful No, the current Labor leader, he's being criticized for not politicking his constituents in favor of remaining. Don't, he didn't okay. do a get-out-the-vote to the Labour. He didn't do that. Isn't he being compared to the like, equivalency of our Bernie Sanders? Yes. Okay. He came up from the ranks. He's not one of the titans, as mm-hmm. they're using in American culture for right. Hillary Clinton now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was promoted by the working section of the, right. this, of the party. Okay. The uh, so he's not the new labor of Tony Blair. He's, gotcha. he's old labor. Old labor. So the Titans, to borrow the term again, mm-hmm. are mad at him and they want to kick him out. But he refuses to go gracefully. I don't blame him. He's sort of trying to get the party back to its original right. um, virtues. I agree. But, you know, I am a lefty. So uh, right. The, right. Go, the, go liberal or go home. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Um, well, I this is I am really interested to see how this all pans out. Absolutely. This is an interesting time we live. I I'm not sure if it's true, but there's a Chinese blessing and a curse. May you live in interesting times. Yeah. Yeah. If it is or if it isn't, doesn't matter. But from a political science perspective, this is extremely interesting. Yeah. But it's also extremely scary. Yes. The potential ramifications of what's going on in the Western democratic world. Mm-hmm. Are just phenomenal. I know it's. I that's 
That's why it's important to be informed. Exactly. And important to stay up on these things. And it's not just something that's happening over there and doesn't affect me. Um, you know, you live in, in the world, so right. you should have a global perspective and kind of have your pul- your finger on the pulse of things that might be exactly. potentially happening. And it is easier, easier to do now than it ever has been. Before. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. The resources are at your fingertips. So, yes. um, you know, really check it out. Exactly. Do you have any, um, resources that you recommend for people to, if they really want to get more, a little bit more informed is variety, the spice of life when it comes to that and. The one thing that I would recommend to a U.S. audience is to seek non-U.S. sources for information. Okay. The United States, uh, everyone knows that um, according to the left, Fox News is a right shill and not news. And, right. Um, uh, CNN is a left shill and not real news. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, there is some truth to the idea that most U.S. media sources are biased. Yes. Um, you want to know about British politics? A great source to go is the BBC. Yeah. It's small. They don't go very far in depth, but they do give you a perspective that right. is British. Mm-hmm. So see what the Brits are saying about themselves. Right. Um, the the French newspapers, Le Mans. Uh, Salon, they're all translated into English. Okay. So it's uh, it's a great place. I, you know, even though it's more conservative than I like, mm-hmm. uh, the New York Times. I have to say, um, I was sitting last week on my couch reading the New York Times mm-hmm. about this, uh, the Brexit, a really great article about the Brexit. And right. that's when I was like, I've got to, I've got to call Johnny O. <laughs> and I was just like, this is, this has got to be a thing. Cause yes. this, I mean, it is conservative, but um, for especially world politics, they really right. do a good job as far as sort of fleshing out sure. the ad- other agendas absolutely. and just sort of trying to give you the, the And it basic. gives you a great place to start thinking. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, seek and you shall find. Uh, when you do research for academic papers, you find a source and then it leads you to another source right. and to another source. And then you build your own little repertoire of your go-to things. Right. I mean, I start with the Washington Post online in the morning. Nice. And that leads me to other places. Mm-hmm. So That's good. Well, we'll put up some links and then people can yeah, maybe do their own research and kind of come up with their own opinions. And, and that's great. So thank you so much for coming back. Hey, thanks back. again for having me. This was good fun. No problem. I wish I had more concrete answers, but... I'm That's pretty sure everybody the in the political world wishes they had more concrete <laughs> answers, too. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, we'll do this again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh-huh. For more information on what you've heard on today's show, including direct links, make sure to head over to our website, and that is recordtechlisten.com. While you're there, I hope you look around a little. If you are a business or you know somebody that has a business podcast, is an excellent place to advertise. Um, As you heard at the top of the show, you want to be like Frostburg Fiber Depot and take out an awesome ad on the podcast. It'll be downloaded thousands of times and it doesn't expire. So it's like the best bang for your buck. So make sure to check out our, our plans on our website. And if you don't have a business, but you still want to contribute, uh, we do have a sweet donate button on the right hand side of the page. So make sure to check that out. Um, and thank you for those who have donated. It's, it's fantastic and I really do appreciate it. So thank you very much. We love to hear from our listeners. 
So if you have something that you would like to come on to the podcast to discuss, if you have a nonprofit organization, or if you think of somebody, or if you have an idea for a show, uh, let us know. So, uh, get in contact with us on social media. We're on Twitter at RTLpod. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash record talk listen. And an old fashioned email always gets through and that's record talk listen at gmail.com. This has been another episode of Record Talk Listen, where I hit record, people talk, and hopefully you listen. Until next time, thank you so much. <laughs>